This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green once again. Today is November the 12th, but it is still a day to remember. I could spend the whole show talking about Remembrance Day. The beautiful ceremony up at the National War Memorial yesterday. I've just posted a couple of photos uh, to my Facebook page, and I invite you to go and and see them, share them, uh, leave a comment, if you will. I walked over from the bunker. That's what I call my office. I walked over from the bunker this morning, and as I often do, I try and walk by the National War Memorial. And it's the day after Remembrance Day. The beauty of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier covered in red poppies. The feeling created by the gray sky, the slight rain falling this morning, the wreaths, the poppies, all of it. So I've posted a couple of pictures there. I won't spend the whole show talking about Remembrance Day and the ceremony yesterday, although I easily could, because I think it is important to remember on more than just November the 11th. Last night, my uh, my kids were asking about family members that they had that had served. One of the kids' teachers had told stories about their own family member that served. So I sat sat them down and gave them a rundown on all sides of their families of people that have served in the armies of three different countries: Canada, the United States, Great Britain. The wars that they've served in, from Afghanistan to Vietnam the Second World War, the First World War, who saw action, who didn't, who was injured, who wasn't, who was a prisoner of war, tried to give them the stories. I think that's vitally important. You know, our friend here at CFRA, John Robson, uh, he and I have talked many times about history and the importance of telling history and the importance of educating your children, which is a topic I'm about to switch to in a moment. And he's talked about the importance of the kitchen table being where you teach your children. Don't leave it up to the educrats at the school. There's a lot of great teachers out there, but you can't leave everything up to the school. You've got to teach them at home. We were doing that last night, and then I, I'll admit it, I was playing them some music. I was playing them Eric Bogle's Greenfields of France, often called Willie McBride, and uh, I got a little choked up, and... Um, my youngest was telling me, it's okay, Daddy. It's okay. <laughs> it is, um, Remembrance Day is an emotional day for me. Um, unfortunately, and by the way, it is Venting Thursdays here on the Low Green Show. So if you want to have your say on any topic here at the Island of Sanity, you can. 521-TALK, 521-8255, or star 580 on Bell Mobility. 1-800-580-2372 if you're calling in from out of town. But while yesterday was Remembrance Day, some decided it was also a chance to collect information on Canadians, to essentially data mine. What am I talking about? Veterans Affairs Minister Kent Hare sent out an email and set up a page on the Liberal Party of Canada website as it read as if it was in his role as the Minister of Veterans Affairs, and it's Remembrance Day. And he's saying, say thank you to our troops. Sign here. It was wonderful, wonderful, except it was actually all about collecting your name, your email, and your address so that the Liberals could contact you later. I want to read to you, and then once you did this, I got the email. I'm on the part, the, the list of the various parties, so I wanted to see what they're doing this for. Well, again, this was through the Liberal Party of Canada website. It wasn't through Veterans Affairs. It was through the Liberal Party of Canada. I get an email back from the Liberals. Brian, we have a sacred obligation to Canada's veterans. Absolutely, we do. Uh, our government is going to work hard to live up to that obligation and fulfill the promises we made during the campaign. As one of our most active supporters, we're counting on you to help spread the word. Ask your friends to thank the members of Canada's Armed Forces and Canada's veterans, too. And then they ask you to share this petition or this 
uh, thank you to our veterans on Twitter or on Facebook, and then they tell you to follow Kent Hare on Twitter and on Facebook. And after you sign the the sheet saying or the the page saying thank you to our veterans, guess what? It takes you to the Minister of Veterans Affairs personal Facebook page, so that you can like it, so that the liberals can get your information. Today, the NDP is scolding the liberals for what they call using Remembrance Day in a cynical way. What do you think of this? I get annoyed when they try and insert political messages. And I I, I think Justin Trudeau was as he should have been yesterday. He acted as he should have yesterday. Unfortunately, his party and his Minister of Veteran Affairs did not. But at the ceremony, he was dignified. He was prime ministerial. He played the role he was supposed to play on that day because Remembrance Day, we, we don't hear speeches from politicians at the National War Memorial. The NDP's veteran affairs critic, Irene Matheson, says she was dumbfounded that the liberals would use veterans for partisan ends, reads a story from the Canadian press. Quote, to utilize this emotional day in such a cynical way makes me very sad, she said in an interview. Your thoughts on that, 613-521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about my daughter, my oldest daughter, asking if she could be excused from the yucky part of school tomorrow. Yeah, apparently her class is going to be getting um, lessons from Kathleen Wynn's great sex ed program. She has to be excused. Sometimes kids smarter than adults. Brian Lillian for Lowell Green. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to Lowell Green on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green, the vacationing legendary Lowell Green. It is Venting Thursday, so whatever topic you want to talk about, I've thrown a couple out there. Remembering after November the 11th. And I invite you again, go to my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Brian Lilly, L-I-L-L-E-Y. It's very easy to find. Uh, and I invite you to you know, take a look at the photos, leave thoughts, leave comments, and um, and then let me know what you think. Remembering the day after November the 11th. Then, by the way, you can also email me, brian at therebel.media. That's my day job, the Rebel Media. Uh, you can catch me there. Other topics that we're throwing out there include, and you can call in and talk about the refugee situation, big cabinet meeting today uh, up on Parliament Hill. I'll be going to that later on uh, and bring you details of what it's uh, like in the new era of Glasnost. Actually, I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but Kent Hare, Justin Trudeau's Minister of Veterans Affairs, being chastised by the NDP and others because he used Remembrance Day to collect names and email addresses and personal information from Canadians for partisan purposes. It wasn't for the Ministry of Veterans Affairs, and it wasn't really to say say thank you to Canada. It was to get your information so that the Liberal Party could campaign with you later on. Do you have any problems with that? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. Last night, my uh, oldest daughter asked if she could be excused from the sex ed curriculum today. It's going to be taught. Uh, it's coming up this week, and she's heard enough about it. I avoid actually talking about that issue with this particular child because I know that she's not not overly comfortable with it. But let's put it this way. What they will be teaching in this curriculum, I cannot fully explain on radio, or I would be in violation of our standards. But they're going to teach it to kids in grade 6, grade 7, grade 8. My problem with this curriculum from beginning to end is that it is age inappropriate. Children can recognize that. My daughter recognized that when she has to be excluded. But the educrats running the system, mm, not so much. Do you have any thoughts on Kathleen Wynn's sex ed curriculum? What's happening in your house? What's happening in your neighborhood, your school? 521-TALK, 521-8255, or star 580 on Bell Mobility. 
It is Venting Thursday, so anything you want to talk about today, Harold in Ottawa, you're calling in about refugees today. Yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. And uh, I, I, I wanted to mention the refugee problem, but I would also uh, like to bring in the, the big picture. And the big picture is that uh, when, when this ISIS started, uh, the Western coalition, mainly the U.S. who runs it, uh, they could have they could have stopped these ISIS in their tracks almost. That's about two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. No, uh, our uh, great leader down there, he didn't care about people getting burned alive, buried alive, uh, all the other things, uh, heads cut off. No, he was out playing golf. So when we get leaders like that, that's why we have a lot of this rich refugee problems. Now. Uh, Fast forward, we wind up getting another wimp, as far as I'm concerned, elected here. And the first thing he wants to do is bring home the war uh, that we have have helped. uh, Let me throw this at you, Harold. They, They keep saying, well, we need to help refugees. And my argument is, who do you think is creating the refugees? That's exactly right. It's wimps like we have in the in the have at the, in the U.S. Because now uh, he the first thing he wants to do bring in bring back the war effort that we are providing. Now, if every let's say Western coalition countries would do that, we'd be fighting these ISIS people in our in our own country in no time. So, like, that's that's basically the problem is uh, we have no leadership that could have, like I say, stopped them in their tracks many years ago, like two, two and a half, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and no, they they waited till, uh they took over half of Iraq. Mind you, they, they, they took billions of dollars worth of war equipment in taking over half the country. They had all the money in all those banks. When you think the banks, of the, the oil fields, all of it. Exactly. So that gave them a big start. Why? Because wimps like the U.S. and now Canada didn't get in and act. They did nothing. Now, you can imagine we wouldn't have all these problems with refugees if they would have acted. Well, and, and now, we've got now, now we're dealing with refugees out of Syria. And exactly. I do have to say, but but Syria is is different because nobody wanted to go into Syria because there's no good guys there, Harold. There's not a right. not a side that we can pick and say, yeah, those are good guys. We can fight with them. Right. Uh, so you know, uh, you have to. I don't know. Uh, to me, I, I would. Uh, now we got this. These people coming over here that want to cover their faces. To, to to become a Canadian citizen. I would gladly pay a one-way trip to send that girl back to where the hell she ever came from, you know. Well, now, now we're getting off on a, a topic from the election that well, we lost on. Harold, thanks for the call. Yeah, thank you for taking it. Thank- oh, sorry, I cut Harold off, but I'm not great at using the phone lines. Uh, Daniel in Rigo, you're on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. You're calling in about the charter. Yeah, hello. How are you doing today? I'm well. Yourself? Not too bad. I'm going to give you my full name because it's important for your viewers to know about my wife and I. My name is Daniel Fitzgerald. Okay. I'm calling from Rigo, Quebec, and I'm notifying the city of Ottawa, and I'm putting the government on notice that your RCMP, your Ottawa Police Service, the OPP, and the SQ in Quebec, Mr. Prime Minister, are guilty of charter civil rights violations against both my wife and I and trying to cover them up. My wife and I um, recently tried to file an appeal, a 43-page appeal with the Supreme Court of Canada. Mm -hmm. I was invited to leave messages and brief memoranda for the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of Canada. Then the RCMP moved in uh, and contacted employees there, assassinating our characters and essentially using um, my phone calls and messages as a uh, sting operation uh, in order to encourage me to get annoyed with the Supreme Court of Canada in not replying to our case. Then my wife and I got an email from a man by the name of Roger Bilodeau accusing me of being threatening and harassing to the Supreme Court of Canada, that I was rude um, to the employees that work there. This was never the case. I am completely and utterly religious. I am Jewish. 
I buy the Ten Commandments of Moses. I made this very clear to the Supreme Court of Canada. Law enforcement in our country, folks, is being run by the Italian mafia, neo-Nazi skinheads, and so on. And the government has a real problem dealing with police corruption who are violating the Charter of Civil Rights in our country against our citizens. Further, uh, um, well, we're we almost out of time here. We're up just against one more the thing. Clock. Stephen Harper, Stephen Harper, sir, hold on. Prime Minister Stephen Harper is responsible, basically, for all of this. Um, I want the, the people of Ottawa and your news station to know that Mr. Harper applied Bill C-51 illegally and unlawfully against my wife and I for some two years prior to him <laughs> passing it through Dad, the legislature. Thanks for the call, Daniel. Thank you. Brian nice Lilly day. sitting in for Lowell Green, Newstalk 580, CFRA takes all kinds. Back after this. This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. It is Venting Thursday. You can call about anything you like, including conspiracies, apparently. But we welcome your thoughts. 521-TALK, 521-8255 or star 580 on Bell Mobility. 1-800-580-2372. Malcolm is in Pembroke calling about Trudeau at Wee Day. Yeah, hi, Brad. I just, you know, I've been wa- or reading the, uh, the, the captive media's description of what happened on Wee Day, what I read in the, uh, the, the post media and on the state broadcaster. Well, I'm told that when uh, Trudeau hit the stage, the kids booed him. So that sure never got reported. So all the, uh, that that all, would be my son yeah. and daughter. <laughs> well, right? I, listen, I, I felt great because I was hoping that it was kids, uh, you know, from us in the freer parts of the country, which are uh, outside the urban areas. I, uh, I yeah, yeah, I tell my kids not to do that, but apparently it didn't work. Well, you have to you have to show respect. That's right. We you have to and, show and respect we for the we people show that hold for the, the office. Prime Minister, but when they're using children for propaganda, which is clearly what we're going to see. At, at that particular session, that's the only reason why why a shampoo boy showed up with his wife. They, using children for propaganda, you really have to draw the line on it. Well, they and the kids, they're smart. They see through that and they booed him for well, it. And I also all heard power a lot for the kids for calling a spade a spade. I also heard a lot of cheering, Malcolm. Now I'll say this: I, I listened to part. I didn't listen to the whole Trudeau speech, but I listened to part of it. And and you know that I'm not a fan of him as prime minister, but I thought at the end of the speech, that's what he should be doing. He should be giving inspirational talks to kids. Now, here's the thing. We Day is supposed to be about encouraging everyone to get involved and you can make a difference. That is a very conservative message, especially if it involves getting involved in, in charity and doing charity and community work. The unfortunate part is that most of the charities – end up, or, or a lot of the people end up walking away thinking government should fund the charities, and there's so many charities in this country now that are essentially government agencies because that's where most of their money comes from, not the real charities. That's right, and 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 it, and it shouldn't be that way. I mean, I know I'm involved in a in a service organization that the, the salaries for the paid staff and our pride was in everyone volunteered. No one took a penny, and we said... No more. We can't do that, right? We we raise money for the community, and it stays in the community. But uh, you say, I don't know, like using kids like that, and it's going to keep going on. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole uh, Enviro Scare movement uses children. They use fear. They they use that, and and we're going to see more and more of that. That's well, that was the whole campaign of the of the grits in the last campaign. Keep uh, keep listening to the show. Top of the hour. I'm going to give you some details on what this. Um the climate change push is really all about because there's more coming out of, you know, and this is the change people voted for. So I'll give you details on what's coming and what it means to your life. Top of the hour. Malcolm, thanks for the call. Thanks, uh, Brian. All right, Peter in Ottawa, you're on the Low green show with Brian Lilly on venting Thursdays. Yeah. Hi, Brian. Um, getting back to the immigration issue. I, I think the, there's really a double anxiety in Canada and other parts of the world about the uh, the immigration coming from uh, Syria, Afghanistan, and the double anxiety is one about whether or not Islam is compatible with modernity and with uh, democratic practices and democracy. And the second part, of course, is the security aspect. So, um, you know, I think the the liberals seem to be moving, you know, somewhat uh, cautiously on on this and. Um, you know, this 
sort of immigration is a bit different from, from immigration in the past. Well, and I think there's a double aspect to it, and people are, are rightly, rightly concerned. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, we reported on this at the Rebel. It did not get a lot of play elsewhere, and I know I talked about it on the radio last week. A group out of Doha in the Middle East did surveys of the, you know, professional polling of people living in the Syrian refugee camps in places like Jordan and Turkey and found that 31% opposed the idea of denigrating or defeating ISIS. Uh, yeah. Are we going to screen those people out? That is a legitimate concern and one I, I hope the government takes seriously. Yeah. Uh, but even you know, my friend Richard Curlin, very knowledgeable immigration lawyer out of Vancouver, says bringing in 25,000 by the end of the year is going yeah. to be very difficult if you're screening them. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, uh, unlike a lot of people, I, I've actually uh, I've worked in the Persian Gulf and I have some firsthand experience about a couple of things that I saw and don't have time to go into detail here. But, um, yeah, I, I just think that we have a right to, to our double anxiety given 9-11 is still pretty fresh and the fact that, um, you know, people who are believing hardcore in Islam and they have a difficult time with the modern world and adapting well, to the it, modern it, world. Well, it, it depends. It depends on their interpretation and their worldview. You know, people like Tariq Fatah, Rahil Raza. There, are, there are plenty of Muslims that do want to integrate. But yeah. is that who we're bringing over? Are we bringing over the people that believe in implementing Sharia and supporting ISIS? They exist in that right. in that region. Right, and we can't be naive. Like, I remember Dalton McGinty was flirting with the idea of bringing in Sharia law in Ontario until somebody slapped some sense into his head and he cancelled the idea. So we really have to get over the idea, this naivety about uh, uh, certain things. And, um, you know, we just have to hope for the best, I guess. I hope I hope Justin's up, up to the uh, up to the challenges. Um, I, I, I hope that he doesn't start, you know, I hope he starts speaking in uh, concrete terms and gets away from the uh, from the area abstractions and, and all that. And, uh, well, we'll, have to, we'll have to support him and see how it goes. I'll be up on the hill for his ca- the, uh, the, the cabinet ministers leaving uh, their meeting today. And then um, Prime Minister Trudeau holds a news conference at 1.30. So we'll be there for that as well. Bring you and details way, on that are, tomorrow. Are any of those limousines uh, natural-powered gas or the electric <laughs> or anything? I mean, I don't know about that. Um, All right. You know, okay, I'm going to put you on hold, and I'll talk about that, and then we'll come back after the break with more. Peter, thanks for the call. Um, Thank you. Listen, the idea that, uh, that cabinet ministers have these grand limousines, let me just put that out of your head. That stopped in the Krechan era. They got rid of them. There are some uh, vehicles up there that are E85, so they take up to 85% ethanol. But the types of vehicles that cabinet ministers have include Dodge Grand Caravans. Uh, our defense minister, Jason Kenney, when he was in that role, used to be driven around in a, a Ford Escape, a four-cylinder <laughs> mini SUV. Uh, there's a lot of Camrys. There are some that are on green energy. We'll see what happens with the new cabinet. I'm Brian Lilly sitting in for the vacationing Lowell Green. Have your say. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Breaking news covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. It is venting Thursday. Going to bring you some more stories at the top of the hour, including what the climate change push means in your life and explain things that you know, some of the other media outlets just won't. That's at the top of the hour. Right now to Doug in Ottawa calling in about sex ed. Doug, you're on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. Hey, Brian. <clears throat> can I uh, can I make a second point about regarding Remembrance Day afterwards? Yeah, sure. Um, okay. Uh, I consider myself a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, and but I but I do find the um, some of the material in the new curriculum to be um, uh, not age appropriate. That, um, that's always been my problem with it. it has yeah, nothing to do with any phobias. So, so I'm going to address one one argument first. Is, is that, um, for example, the grade sixes are already they're, they're already hearing this stuff from the older kids. But uh, my counter argument on that one is is if we're teaching this stuff to all the grade sixes. Well, then now the grade fours are going to be hearing about this stuff, right? Why does um, why does a kid in grade three need to start getting lessons on gender fluidity? They're <laughs> right. not they're not going to understand it. No, it, it, it's a waste of resources. Um, okay, so, so my second point on that is is that uh, 
I, I think a lot of things should be discovered on your own. Um, so, so sex is for reproduction. It's for uh, pleasure and or expression of love with a partner, and it's for a for and it's a it's also a form of violence. So, so I understand the younger you teach the dangers of sexual abuse and how to recognize it and and that sort of thing, the, the better. Um, I don't think we need or or if you, if you're teaching kids that there's different types of um, of partnerships, that, that's fine. But, I, but my problem is where you get into specifics. And it, and it's the same with heterosexual. I, uh, I don't want to get too graphic here, but but I don't I don't see I don't see the need to get into specifics of um, anal sex or oral sex any more at a certain age than you need to teach reverse see, cowboy or the, yeah. You know see, what I'm the, like, this, like this, I don't need to be glib and make a joke about it, but 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 some of the things like I was a bit of a late bloomer. I didn't have sex till I was eighteen, but. Um, there's something like there's something you need to discover for yourself. Uh, I, I think I think the expression of like anal sex with a loving partner. Uh, uh, we, don't know, to, just, we don't need to. We don't need. We don't need to get into this. And, and I know. I'm sorry. But it can be. I'm sure. It's, I mean, this is why I'm avoiding specifics. Of love or pleasure as, as heterosexual would be, but I don't, I don't see the need to get into that any more than. Okay. You need to tell, teach kids at a certain age how to tie you, up a partner. You, you know what I'm saying? All right. Let, let, let's move away from specifics, please. I mean, exactly. This is why I'm not getting right into there. specifics. Right. The things that they want to talk about in class, I couldn't talk about on the radio without violating standards. And Which that should tell you something. <laughs> yes. So you, you said you had a quick point about Remembrance Day. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll try to make it quick. Um, so, something that, that I've has been bothering me for a, quite a long time. Um, I, I hear it um, every now and then. I hear it, and it really irks me. And, and and that's when people talk about World War II, and they and they say something like, "Oh well, once the once the uh, economic power of the uh, of the United States got involved, it was pretty much it was pretty much over. It was a done deal." And I think that that denigrates or or takes away from the sacrifice that was was required. You know. You, I, I could make a lot of arguments about how how close the tide, like the tide, could have not swung in '42. Um, but even if you do accept that assumption that once the United States was in, then then it was pretty much one for the Allies. No, yeah, even if you do accept that argument, then then, but it still had to be done. And True. and it wasn't just it wasn't just economic. Uh, industrial power. It, it was that plus military and political will, and and if things had gone badly, like there was a few places where there was a lot of luck involved, like in, like in Midway or Guadalcanal, and if and if things had there, there was a high political military will at that point, but if things had begun to wane, and so it looked like the, if the war, uh, if we had not been able to land until, if, until in Normandy until forty five, the longer it went. The, the lower the political military, like that, would have started to wane, and then the more that waned, the, the longer it would have taken. The longer it taken, the more that that will would have taken. Um, and my point, my point about that is, I think today we, we've we've lost that. And I think if we had the same soldiers um, back then with today's political leaders, I think we, I think we would have been da- in danger of making an armistice. I I, I think that uh, you're not wrong on that, and I think that we. Do lack political will today. I got to move on though, Doug. Thanks for the call. Gloria is on the Lowell Green Show. You're calling in about Prime Minister Trudeau. Yes, um, it's just about this using the Veterans Day. I mean, he had uh, during his campaign, uh, he had the he had the goal to criticize Mr. Harper about being secretive, and uh, you know that that's like the pot calling the kettle black. Because I'd really like to know what. Trudeau's secret hidden agenda is he's been in power barely a week and he's already starting with his underhanded tricks by using Veterans Day as a ploy to 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 collect data on on the public. Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, uh, I think that's shameful and false. He he promised to be open. Uh, <laughs> he has held two secret meetings with registered lobby groups, <gasps> universities of Canada, and. Uh, gave a speech to the Canadian Labour Congress. The media were asked to leave before he spoke to Canada's labour movement. The me- there were only a couple of reporters there because they weren't expecting Justin Trudeau there. Oh, my God. The, you know, the, his, um, his, the cheering that happened out at Foreign Affairs 
Well, there were only a few cameras there because they only alerted certain media and not the whole gallery, which had um, it, it had uh, the Toronto Star complaining, it had Huffington Post, the Globe and Mail. All the other outlets were saying, why didn't we know? Because they didn't notify the media that cover Parliament Hill that Justin Trudeau was going to be there or that Stefan Dion was giving his response to the Keystone XL decision. So he's not open. And no, there is, you know, is there a hidden agenda? We'll we'll find out well, over time. Oh, definitely. So I mean, he's he's starting right out of out of the gate, and you know, like you say, he pretends to be so open and transparent, and he's totally the opposite. And I just don't trust the guy at all. All right, Gloria, thanks for the call. Thank you, George in Arnprior. George. Well, I can find conspiracies on every stone too. Okay, they they we, can be fun. You're calling in about refugees, though. Is okay, it a conspiracy now, about refugees yeah, or what? Yeah. They come from Syria, right? Some do. Yeah, ISIS is over there. How did they get their arms? It, they got, it, they got it them by dep- arms left over, right? Depends on the group. Yeah, okay. They're, they're, they're going to bring them all over here, put them in some in the army camps, right? Mm-hmm. Why not just arm them? Because the army camps have to have military equipment, don't they? So you think that we're going to bring in refugees and then they're going to take the weapons from the, the bases that they're on? And just, just, start, just start a small little campaign right there. Why, why wouldn't they? I don't what, think... What would stop them? Well, I, I'm hoping that um, Canadian officials enough? take security seriously and that that doesn't happen. What, did you think of that? It may have crossed my mind. I thought of it. They said they're going to put them in the military camps, close as approximately, uh, approximately to the weapons. And I found out from the States how much it costs per refugee to bring them over here when you use the American figures. What's that? Okay, if you, if you use American figures and you add the, add the uh, Canadian uh, uh, cost of money difference, mm-hmm. ca- over a five-year period for each refugee, it's going to cost $100,000. Wow. Yeah, each one. To, when the time you finish uh, giving them English, you get them a job and everything. It, it, In the States, it only costs about... Uh, uh, a third of that. Uh, I don't know. I think a third off that, and you get the state's figure. Yeah, well, because of the, no, the difference in money. What they didn't tell us all was that if they kept them over in the Middle East and had a secure place over in the Middle East, it cost one fifth, one fifth, about $25,000 to look after them. Well, as um, the former Prime Minister Stephen Harper pointed out, not everyone wants to come to Canada. Most mm-hmm. want to go home uh, to where they and their families have lived forever. George, thanks for the call. Okay, all right. It's going to be an interesting time. That is the topic of the big cabinet meeting today is the refugee situation. Um, I'm going to throw out this story to you on uh, on our way towards break. It's from the Toronto Sun today. CBC anchor Peter Mansbridge's uh, obsequious bus ride with Justin Trudeau shocked the newsman's most devoted followers. Now a report says there's a reason for the veteran newsman's puff piece. Trudeau's director of communications is Kate Purchase, and Mansbridge officiated her wedding last July according to media watchdog Canada Land. Hmm, a little cozy, don't you think? Brian Lilly sitting in for the vacationing Lowell Green. We'll be back after this. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. Or Brian Lilly, a much taller version of Lowell, you could say. A little bit younger. I turned 73 this year. No. Okay, that's that's not true. Let's not start off with lies. But let's start off telling you about something you need to know. Story on CBC.ca this morning about the the Conference Board of Canada report on how we're, we're going to have to have a low-carbon future and we need to start driving less. This is the rubber hitting the road for now. Rubber, of course, is a byproduct of the petroleum industry, and they want less of the petroleum industry, so we won't have rubber hitting the road in the future, not the way we make vulcanized tires. Now, reducing activity, this is a quote from the report. Reducing activity levels uh, presents a significant challenge in Canada as society continues to evolve around private automobiles and as commodity exports continue to grow. The report from the Conference Board of Canada, by the way, is saying that we need to drive less in order to deal with climate change, all of us. This is a problem because 
most of us like our cars and we don't want to walk everywhere or stop driving. The report actually says that we can't just we can't just bring about technological innovation and reduce how much we're emitting by driving, by having more fuel-efficient vehicles. We just need to drive less. Here's another quote. Defining a broad target and leaving society to work out the details will not be sufficient, the report concludes. It calls on all levels of government and industry to coordinate efforts to move toward a low-carbon transportation sector. Defining a broad target and leaving it for society to work out the details will not be sufficient. What does that mean? It means they're going to find ways to nudge you and then push you into acting. That's what it means going forward. So your driving ability will be restricted in some way, whether that is through making it unaffordable, taking away parking spots out of downtown. That's one strategy that's been talked about in cities across the country. Um, the congestion tax that the wind government is now thinking about. And now that most of the levers of power are controlled by people that are true believers in this, we're going to see real changes. Another issue that started out as a, it's a, an idea they want you to think about. Eventually it'll become a push, then a nudge. Less meat, better for everyone, says Greenpeace. They want us to start eating more fresh fruit and vegetables. Hey, my doctor tells me that all the time as well. And reduce weekly consumption of meat at least to half as a start. Again, another move that is going to start as a a suggestion, move to a push, then a nudge, a full-on shove. How? They will eventually put a price on carbon, and that will put a price on everything. It's going to drive it up. It's Venting Thursdays. You can have your say on this or anything that we want to talk about, anything you want to talk about. Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green, 613-521-TALK, 521-8255 or Star 580 on Bell Mobility. And David is in Ottawa. David's calling in about CBC. Yes. Uh, my dad used to say, uh, I fought the war to save your ass, not kiss it, which brings me, which brings me to... Uh, Rosemary Barton on the uh, yesterday, and you know she, she came down on the conservatives so hard that uh, I, I think Peter actually had to cut her off uh, during the at, ceremony. At, at very close to the end of it all, uh, I, I think uh, if anybody was looking for a Senate appointment, it sure as hell was her. You know, <laughs> Brian, I used to complain. <laughs> I used to complain to Lowell all the time about. Uh, about the the media mm-hmm. and how the media was going to bring this country down to its knees, but you know, I, I think I'm going to sort of get off them a wee bit because the province of Ontario has taken over. I mean, what what we did or what Win has done to this province, and and what we should have learned from from electing her, and now we went federally red. What, so well, the and, and, and Trudeau's campaign, run by many of the same people that helped the run the Ontario. Uh, I know, but uh, she didn't win the campaign. Uh, Udak blew it with the hundred thousand people being laid off. But uh, my goodness, should should the people of Ontario not learn their lesson when when she got in and started to do all the things she's done? I would and, think so. But in downtown Toronto, they really do love her. They do. So the the rest of us not so much. Well, that 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 that's a shame. You you called in about CBC. Let me ask you this quickly before we go, David. Uh, yes. The uh, the story about Peter Mansbridge officiating the wedding of Justin Trudeau's director of communications, who by the way is also the daughter of his longtime panelist um, Bruce Anderson. Right. Does that bother you at all? That. You know, He's getting this exclusive access after officiating her wedding in Italy and being buddy-buddy with her dad for so long. It seems a little cozy. Well, it, it, the CBC had to, be, had to get cozy or they were gone. And now uh, they're co- going to come back. Uh, maybe you're gone now. Well, it's $150 million a year extra on top of the billion. Exactly. So that well, buys you, know you a lot what, of good Brian, coverage, that promise. Brian, we bent over and it's coming. All right. David, thanks for the call.
I'm Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. We welcome your calls on this or any of the topics you want to talk about. 521-TALK, 521-8255, or star 580 on Bell Mobility. But think about what I said is, you know, after the news. Are you ready to drive less and eat less meat for the good of the planet? Because they're going to start shoving you towards that. Are you ready to give up burgers and steaks? Are you ready to give up salami and bacon for the good of the planet? And what about driving less? Are you ready to, to strap on your walking shoes? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580. Brian Lillian for Lowell Green. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to Lowell Green on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. And Brian in it, <clears throat> Brian Lilly in for Lowell Green. I'll learn to say my name right by the end of the show, maybe. Reading through some of the, um, the actual curriculum. This isn't people making stuff up. This is what's in the actual sex ed curriculum. The one that my daughter asked to be excused from. Uh, here's one of the things. I mean, beyond this is what I can share with you, as opposed to some of the graphic stuff, which actually takes place at a much younger age than grade eight. But it tells the children about how they should be making a personal plan regarding their sexual activity. You're in grade eight. Okay, time for you to come up with a career plan. Nope, no, you need a sex plan. Let's have a sex plan for you first. And then it, it's... Uh, says that teachers should inform the, the kids. These are 12 and 13-year-olds. Teens who consult a health professional before becoming sexually active are more likely to use protection such as condoms. Go further down, it tells them to keep a condom with them at all times so they'll have it when they need it. Do you want your 12 and 13-year-olds wandering around with condoms all the time? This is what the school teaches them at that age? This is the part that I can tell you about. I'm not burying my head in the sand, but there are the graphic parts I can't tell you about. And then the parts that are really disturbing, such as telling kids at, in grade three that gender's fluid. Well, that's just something they're not going to understand. It's a completely age-inappropriate curriculum. This is what we're pushing onto the students in Ontario today. When this was raised during... The last election and the election before that, we were either told we were bigots or ill-informed that this was not what was going to be in the new curriculum. And I said it was and was denounced for it. Turns out I was right. And I knew this is what, what was coming because Kathleen Wynne would give interviews to select media and would promise this curriculum was coming back. But when she spoke to the general media as opposed to extra... She would say, oh, no, we haven't made a decision on that. You want to have a comment on it? 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580. Also asking you if you're ready to start giving up driving. Are you ready to give up steak? Are you ready to become vegetarian or only eat meat once in a while? All for the good of the planet. Paris Conference is coming up on climate change. Stéphane Dion says climate change is the responsibility of the entire cabinet at the federal government now. These things are all coming with a big push. Welcome your thoughts. 521-TALK, 521-8255-STAR-580 on Bell Mobility or 1-800-580-2372 if you're calling from out of town. Marie is in Ottawa. You're on the Lowell Green Show as well. Marie? Hello. Hi, Marie. You're on the Lowell Green I'm Show with Brian Lilly. i the subject, but... Uh... I'm really upset about well, this it, Canada Day celebration. It, it's venting Thursday, so you can call in about anything. What, what, what do you mean about um, well, upset they're not about going to Canada have them on Day? Parliament Hill. Well, uh, not until 2018. So after the 150th anniversary, yeah, they're looking for a new location because they're going to be ripping apart the hill. Oh well, the uh, the way I read it in the paper, that uh, the NCC is selling their stage. And uh, they want somebody to come and only make one trip to pick it up. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm thinking, are these people nuts? Having attempted, to do, the, having attempted to do business with the NCC in the past, I don't recommend it to anyone. No. Uh, well, neither so, would I. But the, re but I the reason it's the moving, last night. the reason it's moving is that starting in 2018, yeah. 
Yes. There's going to be a major retrofit of center block. Oh, I thought they said the east block. Uh, east block has been done, I believe. Uh-huh. West block was almost falling down, and it's yes. it's just been completed after several years. Um, so, you know, during the Cretchen years, there was no maintenance done on these buildings. No, I know. Uh, you know, that's part of how he, he was able to balance lazy. the budget. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he didn't like stories about um, things going over cost. So while Stephen Harper did not, uh, you know, authorize the big expensive renovation at 24 Sussex Drive. Yes. He did authorize and support fixing the Parliament buildings, which were in complete disrepair. You wouldn't have believed it if you'd walked West Block before the uh, uh, the renovation, how decrepit it was. Center Block isn't in horrible condition, but it does need an update. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and uh, that will help keep it around for hundreds of years more. So it's going to be, we're going to be able to go downtown uh, for... Till 2018? Yeah, and then after that, they'll find somewhere appropriate for it until <laughs> we can get back onto the hill. Well, uh, I hope so, because to me, this is heading Canada anywhere but downtown in front of the Parliament buildings is just ridiculous. Where would they put it? Uh, I don't You know, I, I spend a lot of time down here and a lot of time on the hill. I don't go to Canada Day on the hill anymore. Well, I, don't I, I, I head off into the, uh, the burbs and the communities. Thanks a lot, Marie. Okay, bye-bye. All right. Armand in Ottawa, you're on the Low Green Show with Brian Lilly. Good morning. Morning. I have a hoarse voice, so uh, bear with me. I just can't understand the libertarians in Canada, how they didn't see or don't see how we're going to be hit hard with this carbon tax. All these taxes are going to destroy the economy versus improve the economy and what you just said about the, uh, the sex education, mm-hmm. again, that was told years ago, and they still didn't believe it. And I just want to give you a little example of what I saw and how the mentality is. On the weekend, I was at one of the stores. I bought some a dozen eggs, and the lady in front of me uh, said, oh, the eggs are down to 244, for example. Oh, my God, finally Trudeau's going to help us. <laughs> He's bringing the price down. I said, what? Where? Uh, what are you talking about? I said to the lady, I said, do you understand what you just said to me? Oh, yeah, Canada's got lots of money. Look, look. And I said, what about the refugees coming in? How do you feel about that? And she told me, oh, we can bring them in. Oh, no, no, no. I said, okay. Would you like one in your house? She said to me, uh, no, I don't have the money. But you do. You mean me? I said, what? I don't want them. I don't have the money. That's crazy. I'd like to show you how it was um, in their brain. Armand, th- thanks for the call. <laughs> Unreal. Jim and Arn Pryor, you're on the Low Green Show with Brian Lilly. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. I Trudeau brought down the price of eggs. Your quick thoughts on the economy, sir. <laughs> well, I'll be very quick. Um, I've been listening to your previous callers, and I could comment on all of them. However, I will not. Okay. Uh, My belief is that corporate Canada, including the banks, will not allow any of this to happen because we will be in the biggest recession or depression that we've ever seen. Well, they won't allow what to happen. They won't allow uh, less rubber on the road. They won't allow the less beef being sold. They won't. It just. It. I won't allow it. I like beef. I love beef. I mean, it's a it's as expensive as all get out. But my goodness, um, do you think that? Beef producers, pork producers, uh, are going to let this happen? You know, I'd like to say no, Jim, but we have ideologues in office now who want to to push their agenda regardless. We're almost out of time. Quick point. Okay. I, I beg your pardon. I can't see Canada surviving 
as we are. Well, we shall see. It's going to be an interesting few months and few years. We'll get some uh, ideas of how it's going to go with this climate conference later this month. I'm Brian Lilly from the Rebel.media filling in for Lowell Green. This is News Talk 580 CFRA. This is Ottawa's home for breaking news 24 hours a day, seven days a week. News Talk 580 CFRA. Here is Lowell Green. We have to rethink elements as basic as space and time. <laughs> that, ladies and gentlemen, Judge, your new prime minister, Justin Trudeau, said that a while back. He was speaking to students and said, we have to rethink elements as basic as space and time. And I didn't know what he meant by that. Now I do. A news release from Justin Trudeau's office, from the office of the prime minister, statement by Prime Minister of Canada on upcoming audience with Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Dateline, Ottawa. The Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, issued the following statement today on being received in audience by Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II at Buckingham Palace on Friday, November 25th, 2015. Hmm. Goes on to give Justin Trudeau's statement about being honored to meet the Queen, and I'm sure he will be. But space and time? November 25th is Wednesday, not Friday, unless you can rethink space and time. I've been telling you about the uh, Veterans Affairs Minister using Remembrance Day as an attempt to get data on Canadians. Well, he was asked about it by Don Martin on CTV last night. We've got a clip that I want to play for you. And uh, are we we set with the clip, Dave? I I don't think he can hear me just yet. (laughs) Are we set with the the clip? Okay, this is Don Martin asking Kent Hare about using Remembrance Day to get email addresses. Canadian Press is reporting that you're using a message that you sent out uh, urging pe- people to vote or to to send emails to support veterans uh, for their for their sacrifice and um, and they're saying you're using that as a sort of a data collection uh, method to get the names and contact info for the Liberal Party. How do you plead? Oh my goodness! Uh, I'm a member of a political party. I'm the Minister of Veterans Affairs. And a logical time to put out a message on my feelings and responses uh, to our party members is an email on that uh, front. If people are offended, I don't know why, but if they are, I apologize. But are you collecting it for party purposes, or is this just a nice email that you're putting out? And- my, my, my goodness. We, 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 we put out messages to, to party members. We already have the email, or else they wouldn't receive it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really, if uh, I, I think this is much ado about nothing, but again, if I did offend someone, I apologize, and I will look more closely into the matter when I leave uh, this interview. If that's what you're doing, there wasn't, you wouldn't be the first government. Let's I put will. it that way. There you go. Uh, oh, goodness. Oh, I'm collecting data. Why would people be offended? They put it out there and asked people to send it to their family and friends and get everyone to sign. But it was for the Liberal Party. It wasn't for the vets. It was for the Liberal Party. And then after you sign it, you're asked, you're taken directly to Kent Hare's Facebook page and asked to like it. This wasn't about the vets. This was about improving their data mining, improving their use of social media. As I said, I think Prime Minister Trudeau behaved as he should have, respectful at the ceremony yesterday. Unfortunately, his party fell down on this front. The Conservatives were bashed for for having a, a donate button on, on pages that had sen- uh, sensitive issues discussed. Why shouldn't the Liberals be questioned on this? Larry is in St. Andrews. You're calling in about Remembrance Day, sir. Yes, uh, Brian. Uh, we used to watch a Steady on Sun News and uh, did a very good job. Thank you. But anyway, Remembrance Day, is that not for the veterans and the people who died to save this country? Yeah. Okay, why does Lisa Laflamme get on there and start bashing the Conservative government, which has been beaten? I, I have no idea. I didn't see that. Okay, I know you can't really, but anyway. But I was also at the ceremony yesterday, so I didn't okay. see it or hear it. And another thing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, what's his name? Robert Fife, which is a maggot in our books, going around, has his face stuck in people's faces 
when there's a ceremony going on representing Canada and the people that died first. What is wrong with CTV? When Lloyd Robertson and, heaven forbid, poor Max Keeping, the best journalists in the world, would never, never stoop that low to back a party like La Flamme and Fife, they should be fired. And Above I'm sorry my pay grade, I my Larry. Voice, Brian, because you're such an excellent journalist yourself. I know you're taking this heat from me because of them two idiots. Above my pay grade, Larry, and I'm I'm just not going to comment on no, that. No, I know. And, right. and you, you don't have to. But CTV has gone down the tubes. I don't know what's wrong with Bell Media that allow this to go on and on and on. I'm uh, sorry, but Brian, and as I say, too bad you couldn't join with Fox News and get a station <laughs> up here. We clean them son of a being left-wing outfits out of here. Well, you're just going to have to keep listening to me here on CFRA. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. Thanks for the call, Larry. <laughs> Goodbye. And, and that story I was telling you about, about the, the minister, if you want to find it, it's on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Brian Lilly. Uh, Cindy is in Canada, and she's on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. Hi. Uh, I agree with the previous caller, but I called to say that I was disappointed that CFRA uh, just had the uh, CTV uh, Feed? transmission okay. instead of having their own because it was horrible. It was so politicized, and it shouldn't be what the Veterans uh, Day is. I mean, I was disgusted. There's no other way to say it. There's just disgust because just presented. There's no partisan. People, These people died not for the conservative or the liberal. They died for the country. Leave the political aspect out of it and just remember them. And yesterday was on TV, on radio. I just turned everything off and put CDs on because I couldn't take it anymore. All right. Well, thanks for the call and thanks for the point. I'm sure uh, management uh, will listen and we'll go from there. It's all I can do. Cindy, thanks for the call. I'm Brian Lilly, sitting in for Lowell Green. Uh, you still have time to have your say. 521-TALK, 521-8255, star 580 on Bell Mobility. We are News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to Lowell Green on Ottawa's home for breaking news, covering what matters to you. News Talk 580 CFRA. Be Lil on the Island of Sanity for just a few minutes longer. We're going to try and get to all your calls. Yes, Be Lil, Brian Lilly sitting in for Lowell Green. Uh, he will be back one day. For now, you're with me. And like I said, lots of people on the line. So I'm going to try and be quick with everyone. Mark in Barhaven, you are on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. Hi, Brian. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say was I attended the ceremony yesterday at uh, the uh, downtown. Mm-hmm. And... I served 26 years in the military, and of course I've been going also uh, since I've been a public servant. So about 33 years I've been attending uh, Remembrance Day ceremonies. I have never heard such a great rendition of the last post. That man, that, that sergeant, he was an Air Force sergeant. Yeah. Best last post rendition I've ever heard. That's a very difficult um, you know, thing to, uh, to play. Very, very difficult. Usually when they play it, the musicians, and of course they're trained musicians, they crack. Maybe they miss one note, or you know, they don't get one note or two notes. Oh, you can easily crack on that one. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But it was it was outstanding, and I thought that it merited uh, you know being talked about. Uh, of course, a lot of people wouldn't necessarily you know notice, um, even if you know one was played particularly bad or not so good. You know. Well, I I wished uh, wish I had his name that uh, could give him a shout out right now. I was uh, stationed up by the cannons. I was getting some visuals. Okay. For the rebel, uh, I could hear it in the distance. Yep. Uh, but I was getting video of the cannons going off, and then at the after that was done, I ended up right at the top of Elgin Street, getting a great shot looking down. And it's always touching to me for as the vets do the march past for the yeah. clapping to start. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I was right there by. I was standing right where Trudeau uh, had just stopped, about the ten feet or so uh, to the east of where he was. So we get a oh, for view. by the reviewing stand. By the reviewing stand, no, we get a very good view there. I always sit along there uh, to get a good view of everybody coming through. Yeah, no, that's I've been there in the past. I I always work it, but I didn't work the first time I went, and that was in 1990, uh, and a very different size crowd than back then. Yeah, it was the crowd seemed to be a little bit uh, less than normal. 
I, I thought. I heard 35,000. I mean, it was huge. 35,000, okay. And uh, that, that's what the, the TV networks were okay. reporting. Mark, yeah. thanks for the call, Thank and you. thanks for your service. No problem. Thank you. All right. We're going to Neil in Ottawa, who wants to talk about driving, eating, beef, and sex ed. Yeah, that's right. Um, basically, the one thing uh, I wanted to say, didn't the Army people fight? So we could have the freedom to drive and eat beef and stuff like this. <laughs> and here they turn around and says, oh, you know, we're going to change it. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of military that go, what? Like even the guys in Afghanistan are fighting for freedom so they don't come over here and say we have to do what we want you to do. Do you understand? Yeah, I, I, I do. But, you know, there's a, there's a guy named Cass Sunstein, worked in the Obama administration. He's written a book called Nudge. He's also mm-hmm. consulted with the British government on how to get people to do things they don't want to do. We're going to be getting nudged towards not driving and not eating meat over the next little while, Neil. Well, the thing was, is I'm a little bit involved with the pesticide ban a few years ago, and so many people had no idea what's coming through. And a lot of them said, well, if I knew, I would have told my PM. The the politicians and the government don't want to tell everybody things that they might not like, because then they will talk to the people that that don't like it. (laughs) The other thing I wanted to say that's about is, very quickly, is about the... um, Sex education, and it must be some real curriculum if you can't say it over the airways and you'd be charged and probably arrested. Well, I wouldn't be that, charged right? or arrested, but I'd violate uh, standards. Exactly. You could lose your license and stuff like this. But the other thing is, one of the big things is they say this sex education is for the children to be able to know and be able to say no. But what if it also gives them the idea that they can say yes? Why are we teaching young children who are below the age of consent all about consent? Exactly. If you tell them, well, it's so they can say no, on the other side of the logic, they can say yes and go, well, my teacher told me to keep a condom, and I met up with this 25-year-old guy. Yeah, there's a lot of disturbing things in it. Uh, Neil, thanks for the call. Yeah, okay, bye. See you later. Gary in Carlingwood wants to talk about steak and burgers. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. You're going to give up your steak and your burgers? No, I make some of the best burgers ever, and my steak's never going to give them up at all. Never. <laughs> yeah, I love them. That's it. I cook a really good one. I just want to mention the previous gentleman said a lot, but I wanted to say, too, let the kids be kids, you know. That's, let the children be children. This is, this is sex ed. Oh, my God. It's disturbing is the word you just previously mentioned. It's just age inappropriate. They've taken material that used to be taught at higher grades and shoved it further down. Yes. Can I mention two more things, whatever, Christmas? Very quickly, yeah. Very quickly. Let's just keep Christmas, Christmas, please. I'm so tired of the happy holidays and happy Christmas. I think there's been a turnaround on that over the last few years, and I know Starbucks is in trouble right now. I don't understand why I didn't take it as an anti-Christmas red cup that they brought out, plus their... They're serving Christmas blend in it. It's called Christmas blend. Mm-hmm. I, I think we've turned a corner on that one because people like you said, hey, I'm fed up. Yeah, no, it's just you got holiday bake sale, a holiday Christmas tree. It's all in the flyers, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, and uh, just one thing for Jim Watson. You want to save some money, Jim? Don't plow the cycle bicycle path on Laurier and we'll save $10,000 there. <laughs> Thanks for the Thanks, call. Brian. Of course, that's the first place that will be plowed. Eileen, you're on the Lowell Green Show with Brian Lilly. So the Liberals are finally going to talk about what they're going to do with the refugees when they get here. Mm-hmm. I hope they have better ideas than what I heard a couple of days ago by asking people if they would take them into their homes. Um, that might be a good idea, but I, God forbid that with... Uh, many years to come, depending on how many terrorists get in with the refugees, that people may not have an option as to whether or not they'd be well, taking them into their homes. I am hopeful that most of the people that come will be legitimate refugees, but hmm. a story out of Italy just the other day, an al-Qaeda leader captured s- smuggling himself in on a boat of refugees. Mm-hmm. So we do have, the, this is a legitimate concern that you raise. On a much more important issue, I find it totally disgusting that the littlest of our children are being, you know, given information that, you know, is, if for anybody, for at least adults. You know, let children be children. All right. Eileen, thanks for the call, and I agree with you there. 
Thank you. All right, let's see. Michelle in Canada, you're on the Low Green Show with Brian Lilly. Your thoughts on Remembrance Day? Yes, hi. Okay, I'm so glad that the lady called a couple of calls ago because I thought I was the only one who thought that the uh, coverage was highly politicized from CTV. Um, they they interviewed the veterans' uh, 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 new minister, mm-hmm. and uh, he was campaigning. You know, um, and then they did speak with Rona Ambrose. They also, at least they did give a balanced coverage. I'll give them credit for that. And thankfully, she stuck to the topic of the need to um, work with veterans and, and help with PTSD. So she was less politicizing it. But still, it should have been all about the veterans. You know, I, it's not a I day agree. for politicians. You know, I, I remember telling people I will not do political interviews on Remembrance Day or the audience will kill me. And uh, I told people, I'm sorry, I'm not going to interview. You know who I miss? And he lost in this last election? New Democrat MP Peter Stauffer. Yes. Loved the vets like nobody mm-hmm. else. His family liberated by Canadian soldiers, and they came to Canada because of that. Yep. Oh, yes, he was a very good advocate. Yeah. Yeah, it is unfortunate that he was defeated. All right, Michelle, thanks okay. for the call. Thank you. And Connie in Ottawa. You're on the Little Green Show with Brian Lilly. Um, I noted that you um, said that Prime Minister Trudeau is meeting with the Queen on November the 25th. Yes. I find this really interesting because the picture of the Queen has been removed from Mm -hmm. the Lester B. Pearson building. I think you might have discussed this earlier in the week, but I missed it. Um, I I just find this rather disgusting. Well, we've got thousands of Canadians, thousands and thousands of Canadians have signed the, the petition, SaveTheQueen.ca, okay, to tell yeah. them to put that back up. Uh-huh. And, and you're right, now he's off to meet with her? Yeah. Is he going to dance behind her like his dad? Yeah. I just, I just, that's disgusting. That truly is. Um, that's all I have to say. Well, maybe she'll give him what for. Connie, well, thanks for the call. Ho- let's hope she does. <laughs> All right. Final word goes to Kevin in Cornwall. You're on the Lowell Green Show. Good day. 30 seconds, sir. I would like, the only thing I would like to say about the veterans is talk is cheap. I think this new government needs to come up to the plate, and if they're looking and seriously looking at issues for veterans, uh, uh, veterans' uh, nature, they really need to get a beat on it. And the only thing I would ask the, the uh, Trudeau government now to take a look at, truly and honestly, is... They need to open up doors and allow people that have ideas or new innovative ideas to make the uh, to make um, a change for military families and also military uh, um, foreheads, if I, if I could say that, or military initiatives mm-hmm. to allow the families to grow from the different commissions in combat and so on and so forth to give up the red tape and allow them really to open up their minds. And Mr. Trudeau well, Singh has been very transparent. I well, would love to, have, to, have the, to challenge him to have the opportunity to open those doors up. Kevin, thanks for the call. Got to leave you. it there. We will judge him by his actions, not his words. With that note, I'm on my way up to Parliament Hill to do that. Back here tomorrow, 10 o'clock on the Island of Sanity.